0: Happy Thursday, everybody. It's Rich Birch from the Unseminary Podcast. Can we have a serious conversation? You know, when I get beyond just the kind of initial layers of conversation that I have with church leaders, you know, when we get beyond just the, hey, who's trying to impress who, or when we get down to what actually church leaders worry about, oftentimes, one of the things I hear is finances. Frankly, church leaders uh, are worried of, do they have the resources to fund the vision that God's given them? And so we are attacking this issue here in 2020 right off the gate, and I want to help you. We are running, and you got two opportunities I want to talk to you about today before we get into today's podcast. First, uh, we've got a webinar coming up on Tuesday, January 28th. It's called Seven Key Giving Systems for Your Church in 2020. In this, we're going to be answering questions like why your church needs systems to increase giving. We're going to talk about how to quickly get started to encourage generosity, even in this first few months of this year. We're going to give you some next steps towards a fully funded mission, and we're going to give the talk about the latest best practices that we're seeing from fully funded churches. This is going to be a great, great podcast with myself and Brian Dodd, a trusted friend from Enjoy Stewardship Solutions. Uh, they're also the, po- the podcast sponsor today. Enjoy Stewardship Solutions was founded in 1990. 19- by number one leadership expert, Dr. John C. Maxwell. This organization helps churches like yours in really raise more resources. And so one of the things they're doing is providing this free webinar for you. And I want you to sign up. Listen, what you want to do is is to uh, check the link in our weekly email that goes out tomorrow uh, or check the link below in this podcast, in the show notes of this podcast to learn more. Uh, Or you can just go to helpchurchleaders.com and uh, we'll get you signed up there. Also, uh, if you're interested this year as you look to kind of this coming year, you may be thinking about bigger projects, about funding capital campaigns. I also want you to go to enjoystewardship.com forward slash rich. That's enjoystewardship.com forward slash rich. Because there you're going to find this incredible tool uh, where it talks about how Enjoy Stewardship Solutions, how much more Enjoy Stewardship Solutions can help you raise towards that big knee. All right, friends, I am super pumped about today's episode. I asked some dear friends of mine to help us kick off the year to be more balanced, to talk about their morning rituals. You're going to love today's episode. Let's go. How do you start your morning as a church leader? What happens in the first hour of your day that sets up where the rest of your day goes? Have you ever wondered how highly effective ministry leaders begin their mornings? Today on the seminary, we dive deep with Carrie Newhoff, Jenny Catrin, Dan Ryland, and Katie Cole on how they kick off their days. Stay tuned to learn how you can launch your days more effectively in the coming year. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Hey friends, welcome to today's episode of the Unseminary Podcast. You know those friends of yours that are kind of crazy high capacity, you know, those people that you're always thinking, man, how do they get so much done? How do they accomplish so much? Where uh, do they get all the energy from? How do they organize their days? Well, what I did for today's episode is I went out to four friends of mine who I deeply respect in the kind of ministry space and uh, who who I respect and think, man, they get so much done and they seem to do it in a balanced life manner. They're not like hustle, 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 but they're, uh, they just seem to accomplish a lot and do a lot for the kingdom and care for people and seem to have family and personal life stuff sorted out. And I went to them and I asked them a simple question. I said, hey, how is it that you start your days? And so uh, we're going to march through and listen to what these folks have to say. I want you to lean in and say, hey, when I think about this coming year, this brand new year that's upon us, what could I do different? Maybe for you and for me, really leveraging our mornings uh, and how we get started in the day could be our biggest outcome and how we could improve uh, our ministry effectiveness. So first up, we've got Kerry Newhoff. I deeply respect Kerry. I think he's a great guy. He literally is uh, probably one of the most high, you know, highly effective, most impactful, you know, kind of communicators that I know. Uh, and, you know, having seen him up close, uh, I can say that, um, you know, his cold, like how he manages his personal life and all that uh, to me is super inspiring. And so particularly I wanted to talk to him and he actually ends up addressing this, how he uh, manages his morning when he's traveling. He, he talks about kind of of his, um, you his know, burnout and how that uh, impacted his mornings. For folks that know his story, it was 10 plus years ago, he had a pretty significant burnout and, and it now has changed kind of everything in the way he manages life. He ends up referring uh, to that. And I want you to listen carefully specifically uh, because he talks a little bit about how he starts his day as it relates to energy and kind of high priority tasks. So let's listen to our first guest, Carrie Newhoff.
1: Hey there, Unseminary listeners. It's Kerry Newhoff. Rich asked me to share a few things about the first hour of my day. So uh, I don't know, it's pretty unglorious, but I think uh, (laughs) I'm happy to do it, Rich. So let me start not with the morning, but with the night before. Uh, One of the things I do is I really try to pay attention to what my day looks like because it varies. I do an awful lot of travel And so I have to think about, well, what time is my flight? I've tried to actually eliminate a lot of early morning flights because I find it leads to a greater level of fatigue than I'm really comfortable with. Uh, Or if it's a writing day, I know I'm going to need a lot of mental clarity and maybe it's a meeting day. It's still going to be a bit of an energy drain on me. So I really try to pay attention to that the night before. And I think ahead of time of how much time, like how much sleep I'm going to need to feel good. A couple of other things that really impact the next day before the morning starts, Uh, this sounds really technical, but the food I eat the night before and when I eat it. So uh, if I eat late, I don't sleep as well. And I track my sleep through my Apple Watch on something called Auto Sleep. It's just an app. I think it's like $5 or something like that. You can use a variety of free apps. Uh, And I know if I just eat too late or if I have a glass of wine or something like that before bed, um, which I rarely do, but if I do, I'm not going to sleep as well. So those are things I really pay attention to. And I am, you know, since I burned out all those years ago, really paying attention to how I manage my energy. Also, I tend not to exercise at night, but if I do... Uh, you know, at nine o'clock at night, go for a bike ride or that kind of thing, I don't get as much deep sleep. And so deep sleep is quality sleep. I try to get at least two hours a night. A good night would be three, you know, an incredible night is four, but about 30% of your sleep should be deep sleep if you're going to have a good day the next day. So that's where it starts the night before. And then when I wake up in the morning, uh, I used to set an alarm. I did an interview on my leadership podcast with Larry Osborne where he told me he didn't. I thought, I'm going to experiment with that. So these days, unless I have a pressing deadline, I don't set an alarm and I try to let my body determine when I need to wake up. So typically that tends to be when I would normally wake up with an alarm anyway, Uh, but I am sleeping a little bit later sometimes. A normal day would be up between 5.15 and 5.45. Some days I get up earlier. Some days if I'm really tired or coming back from a a flight the night before, I might sleep until 6 or 6.30. Then I get up. Uh, make a cup of tea. Uh, first thing I do, I don't change, don't shower, head down to my spot, which in the you know place to have a quiet space for my devotional time. In the winter, that's in my office in the basement of our house. In the summer or any decent weather, that'll be outside on the back porch. We live in a pretty private area. And so lots of trees, birds, grass, gardens. It's beautiful. And then I spend the first minimum 15 minutes, often half hour to an hour, just praying, reading the scripture, I use version. I use, what is it? I use the one-year Bible, Nikki Gumbel's plan, read through the Bible every year. I've done that as a discipline for about 20 years. When I'm on the road, it'll vary a little bit. It'll be shorter, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but I try to get through all the scripture passages and say a prayer, and then get going with my day. I do that first thing, because although it's my best and most productive time, I see that as a tithe or an offering, I want to give that to God. And uh, it sort of sets the course for my day. These days, I've been doing some gratitude journaling. So that's just on my iPad. I just make a little file and I start writing. I actually use the Apple Pencil because I think there's something about writing, not typing. And if it's on my iPad, it's always with me. And it's not one more thing to pack when I'm on the road. So um, another thing I've added to my gratitude journal lately is not just... um, You know, things I'm grateful for, but things that frustrate me. (laughs) It was kind of a variation. One day, I was just really frustrated. I said, I got nothing to be thankful for. And then I remembered, be thankful in all things. And actually, it's been very therapeutic. So uh, most days, it's mostly good. But some days, it's like the frustrations go in there, too. I'd say I feel a little more grateful than I did seven, eight months ago when I started that. And then sometimes I'll read spiritual reading, um, you know, after I pray. Sometimes uh, I've got a prayer journal that I started keeping recently. I'll go through that. And then uh, sometimes I'll just, you know, sit and think for a little bit. And then I'm off to do some creative work. I've canceled almost all my breakfast meetings so that I can capture that time to create content. And I'll work on a blog post, a book these days. I'm under deadline or a sermon series, uh, although I'll be preaching less moving forward. So that, uh, but it's the idea in those first three or four hours is to work on it, not in it. At some point when I feel like I'm ready for a break, I'll go and grab breakfast, grab a shower. I eat the same thing every morning so I don't have to think about that. And then I go into another couple hours of work and by that point, you know, the world wakes up and I've got a meeting at 11 or noon or something like that. But that's a typical morning routine for me and I love it. So I hope that helps. I'd be anxious to see what other people Have to say anyway. (laughs) Hope that helps, guys.
0: I just love that. I love where he talks about how really his uh, morning starts the night before. He's challenging us if he followed Carrie on social. Uh, He talks about sleep. I also love uh, the whole no alarm thing. I don't know that I have the guts to do that, but I think that's some great nugget of advice. Um, also enjoyed a th- you know, a challenge there by the whole journaling thing and you 're going to see this kind of throughout our 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 guest today thinking and helping us think through kind of what are we doing on the journaling front, but again, as Carrie can only do comes up with a you know, an interesting idea around really <laughs> writing down what frustrates you. As well. Well, coming up next, we've got Jenny Catrin. Uh, Jenny is the uh, CEO of Foresight Group. Uh, deeply respect her. I'm engaged in a process with her right now with a uh, a strat op process, and I can say, man, I just I just deeply respect the work she does an ama- amazing work. And um, she and she addresses this in the opening here. She talks about how she is an introvert who is doing extrovert work. And I think a lot of us find that tension, right? This idea of, man, I need some kind of downtime by myself. Uh, But being in church work, particularly as working with people all the time, it can be so exhausting. And so how do we set up our day? Uh, love how what she talks about here. I think it's super applicable. Also, I want you to listen carefully for how long kind of her morning routine is. Uh, listen to everything she's doing and then kind of what that investment looks like, which I think there's something to that when we think about kind of getting out of these mornings, what uh, you know, we put in. So let's listen into our first our next guest, Jenny Katrin.
2: Hey, this is Jenny Katrin, and uh, my morning routine is really pretty important to me i'm actually an introvert and uh, but i have a very extroverted job and so the morning routine is really important in just being able to kind of set the tone for my day and uh, help me just be ready to jump in and engage with whether it's clients whether i'm speaking at an event uh, just to have the energy that i need for uh, my day. And so the the hard thing for me is that I want to cram everything into my morning routine. I want the quiet time. I want the workout. I want the time to read and time to think. And uh, if I'm not too careful, that could gobble up half of my day. So what I have found that works well for me is I usually get up pretty early. I'm up usually by 5 a.m. And I typically will do a little bit of time for quiet time and reading. I'm a tea girl, so I have to start my day with a good cup of tea. So I spend some time properly brewing a good cup of tea. My favorite blend is Countess Gray. And, uh, and then I sit in my library. And yes, I do have a library. I told you I'm an introvert. So I have a library full of books. I sit there and I'm doing some scripture reading. I'm typically reading some kind of devotional Uh, And then I'm also pivoting into something either business, leadership. Uh, I I talk a lot about the importance of team culture. And so I'm reading a lot on that these days. And so usually I'm spending about an hour and a half uh, just with some quiet time and some reading in the morning. Then I pivot to workout and I'm usually either running or doing some kind of like weights workout thing And, uh, and then shower, get ready for the day. And that's about a three-hour commitment. So like I said, I'm up pretty early so I can get all of those things done and really feel present and engaged and ready to jump into my day. And that has taken me time to figure out. And some seasons require a little bit something different from me. I'm in a season where most of my work, like I said, is really extroverted. And so I know that I'm giving, I'm pouring out. There's a lot of output in my regular work. So I'm often speaking at an event or facilitating a strategic plan or leading a team through their culture strategy. And that's a lot of thinking and a lot of um, I'm writing and all of that work is requiring a lot of thought and leadership from me. So I need like a disproportionate amount of time for input. So that's why that like hour and a half in the morning is so critical for me. But, um, there have been other seasons of my life where there's a little given you know, a little more give and take to my work routine, and maybe I didn't need quite as much time for the input. So, there have been seasons where it's ebbed and flowed, but right now, that is what the morning routine looks like for me.
0: Wow, did you catch that? Three hours of investment every morning. Uh, Also love, again, we're seeing a pattern here around food. She talks about how, you know, has the same tea every morning. I think there's something about that. You know, kind of rhythm of a similar thing. Carrie mentioned that that he has the same breakfast. He didn't tell us what the breakfast was, but he has the same breakfast every day. I love how she talks about, hey, having this uh, same tea every morning. Well, coming up next, we've got Dan Ryland. He is the executive pastor at 12 Stone Church. From my perspective, Dan is the executive pastor's executive pastor. I respect him deeply. He's a leadership development machine. What he's done, not only develop leaders himself, there's just a whole bunch of leaders out there that, that point back to say, hey, Dan was kind of their guy from a development point of view But has replicated that in his culture So he's really that level 5 kind of replicator He's replicating leaders who replicate leaders Who replicate leaders It's amazing Also love Listen carefully Dan right up front Talks about how he's not a night owl And it seems like you know You talk to people And it, there's like a, a, a gauntlet Of like how early can you get started But Dan gives us hope for folks Who don't see themselves as a night owl So well, let's listen in to what Dan has to say About his morning
3: routine Hey, Rich, this is Dan Ryland, and uh, thanks for the invite to talk about morning routines. What an interesting and practical topic. Now, you should know right off the bat that I'm a night owl, so I don't get up at 5 a.m. and flip tires with my CrossFit friends, okay? Just, uh, let's just get that out front there. <laughs> uh, but more seriously, the core of my morning routine has been based around two things for, for literally decades, and it simply is exercise and prayer. Uh, and I, I will say that exercise and prayers become easier. Uh, as an empty nester, I have a little more freedom now, but it still requires uh, intentionality. Really, especially when I travel, I've I really got to work on that to, to make it happen. Travel can throw my routine off. But for exercise, um, it's the same, same, same. Uh, it's kind of what I call a 5K a day, seven days a week, 3.1 miles, out the door, put the tennis shoes on. I don't run far, I don't run fast, don't run pretty, but um, I put the tennis shoes on and get it done. And uh, sometimes I will admit, you know, in the winter when it's cold, I'll go downstairs and do it on the treadmill. But that exercise is a very important part of my routine seven days a week. And then prayer. That's, I don't have to talk to you or anybody about how to pray, we know how to pray, we know what people do. But I will tell you one little trick that I do, little tip that might be helpful. Is um, my mind runs fast and it's always going like like so many people and and I use three by five cards to clear my mind because every time I get a thought about call this person, email this person, or finish that talk, get this done, have that meeting, my mind just stays racing. And every time I do, I have three by five cards all over the house. Every time one of those thoughts pops into my mind, I um, jot it down on a three by five card, and it kind of I get freed of it. It frees me up from it. And it doesn't take very long at all, three, four, five, sometimes ten cards, and my mind just becomes much more focused and clear, and I can focus on prayer. You mentioned Scripture, and while that might seem obvious, I'm glad you did. When I was a younger Christian, uh, I loved prayer and worship. That was my devotional routine for forever, it was prayer and worship. But I've changed some, and in this season, I'm much more in touch with God through prayer and Scripture plus deeper devotional readings, I uh, find so much depth and richness and wisdom through the Word and reading like Tozer. Right now I'm going through the Knowledge of the Holy. Love Henry Nouwen, Parker Palmer, Timothy Keller, I uh, love reading spiritual biographies. Those combined with Scripture uh, is just very, very impacting to me. So and I've, I've gone through the Bible, probably like you, several times. But that's not my goal these days. I, I like moving in groups. I go from Old Testament narratives to, to the epistles, back to the Psalms, about back to the Gospels. And, and sometimes I'll, I'll get stuck and obsessed in a passage forever and I love it. And then of course, once I kind of get through that exercise in prayer, um, you know what life does, that emails, meetings, things you gotta write, places you gotta go, that stuff kicks into high gear and off I go on the day. There it is.
0: 5K a day, that's great. Love to is like, I don't run sexy. He didn't actually say that. Uh, You know, I just run dirty. Just do it, make it happen. Uh, Love that. You know, also, I thought it was interesting um, in Dan's there. There's this whole idea that I do think sometimes we can treat uh, scripture as like a, just another checklist to get done. And I love how he's kind of challenging us a little bit on that and saying, Hey, I'm not trying to get through tons of scripture. That's not my, my goal. I'm trying to go deep in what I read, trying to uh, add some more uh, depth to it, which I I just think is great. All right. Well, coming up, finally, we have Katie Cole, who again, just deeply respect her. I think, thank the world of her. I think she does um, just amazing work in helping organizations and churches. Uh, her, Her book this, this past year, 2019, Developing Female Leaders, I think is a must read for, everybody. It's a fantastic, I think the world of her, they just think she's great. And I love listening carefully to things here. First of all, she talks about kind of how this intersects with family, uh, which we, no one else has talked about here, but she kind of talks about how that intersects with family, which I think is a good kind of takeaway for all of us. She has a That kind of gives a bit of a sweet moment into what the Cole household is like in the morning. Also, uh, listen carefully at the beginning because she talks about the difference that a great morning routine can make. And that's really the heart of why we're doing this particular episode. I want you to go further faster in this coming year. And I think if we leverage on our, our mornings and work harder on this particular piece, I think you and your church will be more effective in this coming year. So listen carefully, particularly in the front end where she talks about the difference that her morning routine has made. Let's listen in to Katie Cole.
4: Hey, Rich, thanks for asking this great question. I've actually found that uh, the more I work on the predictability of my morning routine, the better I handle sort of the unpredictability of my uh, work life. So it's a great question. And for me, I actually start working on my morning the night before. I like to kind of wrap the day up. I usually like make my coffee set up ahead of time. So I've got that going in the morning when I wake up. I'll do a quick pickup around the house or even if I'm on the road in my hotel room and just sort of make sure that things are organized when my mind is still awake and alert so that the morning is peaceful and restful and kind of a God-centered start to the day. For me, it's really important that my morning starts hopeful. Uh, And so that's sort of my mode as I get ready the night before. In the morning, though, I wake up pretty early. Usually I wake up a little before my alarm, um, which goes off around 4.30. But I'll usually try to go to bed early enough that I can wake up before my alarm. took me a while to figure out how much sleep I need at night. But I usually need about six hours. And so I time my bedtime so that I'm waking up a bit before my alarm. Um, then I get up. Um, if, usually I'll spend a little time in bed sort of prayerful, um, a little bit meditative, kind of focusing on God and just trying to get my heart right. I can deal with a lot of anxiety sometimes. If something's really stressing me out, I'll wake up thinking about it. So I try to put that in its proper place. I get up, I make myself um, some coffee, I have a big drink of water, trying to just set my body right. Um, and then I do a quiet time. I usually try to give myself about an hour for that space. And I would say in my early walk with the Lord, probably the first 20 years or so, that was a pretty rigid, disciplined system for me. I would say in the last five or 10 years, it's been a lot more flexible. Uh, so I have a lot of freedom in that space to really connect with God in whatever's on my heart for that day. It might be journaling, reading, usually involves scripture. Sure but that time is really uh, set aside for that. And I set my alarm for it so that I don't need to worry about what time it is or if I'm gone over or anything like that. And if I have a shorter amount of time, I just set it for a shorter amount. And then I sort of move into family mode. So I still have a teenager at home, so I'll get up and make him lunch, make sure he's up and going, which he's usually pretty good about that. And then our family usually meets for prayer time around 6.15, right before my son heads off for school in the morning. That's a really great way for us to kind of all connect and sort of get started on the right foot. After that, I usually go in and start getting ready for the day. I have a whole uh, stretching exercise program that I do for my body. I've got um, some neck and shoulder issues and a back issue. So I work really hard to make sure my body gets started off right. And at the same time, I'm listening to the morning news. I'll get the local headlines. I'll get the start of the national news. uh, And that kind of sets me off for the day. I have a quick breakfast with some vitamins. I'm kind of a vitamin junkie. And then I'm ready to go into my workday. And usually that is two options for me. One, either I'm right into client work, uh, whether that's on site with a client or I'm on the road uh, working with them. So I kind of just jump right into that. Or I'm working from home um, and I'm sort of working on projects. I usually try to do a few things off my priority list. I'm a big believer in Michael Hyatt's full focus planner. At least for me, that's been a great structure to give myself to kind of make sure I'm making the right priorities every morning. Uh, But I'm also a bit of a creative, spontaneous spirit, so I have a lot of flexibility in it. But the days that I stick with the structure and at least make sure I get the first one or two big priority items done first thing in the morning, it really does help the rest of the day go better. And mostly, again, I'm orienting myself to really try and not be worried about things or stressed about things. So I try to check those big stressors off my list as soon as possible just to make sure that the rest of the day I can be fully present, very focused on what I'm working on and what God has for me. So that usually launches me into my workday. If I'm working from home, like I said, I'll do a quick project or two, and then I'll jump into base camp with my team, see what's happened overnight, uh, make sure they're not stuck or waiting on anything from me. And uh, from there, I go into the day usually full of appointments and and just try to crank it out as much as possible. So I hope that's helpful. Uh, I really appreciate the question and hope you all have a great day.
0: She wants her mornings to start hopeful. I think that is a great final word from Katie as we come to the end of this particular episode i love that she also talked about the full focus planner you know i actually over these last couple months have really shifted to using that as well i have found michael hyatt's tool that he's developed there to be super helpful all right friends well thank you so much for tuning in listen this is a brand new format that we're trying out here i'd love to hear what did you think about this was this helpful uh maybe share it with a friend um you know Tweet me or email me back. Let me know. Would you like us to see more episodes like this? Really, in two questions. One, to dig into kind of the lives of uh, leaders who are making a difference. And then also this idea of hearing from multiple people. Have you enjoyed this format today? Well, thanks so much, friends. We are so honored that you are following along. Drop by unseminary.com to learn more. Subscribe to our email, uh, where uh, really every week we are sending you free resources like this to help your church go further, faster. We have online courses. We do episodes. Episodes at least once or maybe even twice a week. Uh, we've got lots of things over there to help you. Again, thanks so much, friends, and we're cheering for you. Remember, here at Unseminary, our motto, and we really do believe it, is we are always helping church leaders. Take care, friends.